0: Here's the story. Last month, the salesperson had a marketing lead for a prospective client that filled out a form. Their company was facing lawsuits and needed to make progress toward full compliance. Sensing their timeline, the rep showed them her solution and got them pricing per their request. There were then quite a few follow-up meetings to clarify pricing structures, and during these calls, it became increasingly apparent that her prospect was looking at other options And she has a very bad feeling about this deal. After several check-in calls, the prospect finally agrees to a 15-minute conversation. We join that follow-up call already in progress. The salesperson is speaking. So I know that you have a fairly pressing need, given the lawsuits that you face. Have we addressed all of your concerns? The sponsor hesitates for a second. This is not good news. She finally answers. So, uh, this need came on us quite suddenly, and we need to react quickly, but we still need to do our diligence. We've looked at quite a few other options at this point, and I really do appreciate your patience. So, the sales rep thinks, what now? She needs more information. So, what have you liked about the other options? The prospect answers quickly, there are quite a few options that appear a lot more cost-effective given the limited feature set that we need. And, you know, after we've had a chance to look at all of the options, uh, we've decided to go with the most cost-effective. Boom, there it is. A month's worth of work. Wasted. And another costly forecast surprise late in the month. What can you even do at this point, and how do you avoid this moment altogether? How can you gain control of such a competitive situation? It's about playing your game, or not at all. This is Charlie, and welcome to Octane. Octane <laughs> Welcome to episode six of the second season of Octane, playing by your rules or not at all. In this episode, we will discuss how to find out the agenda of your prospect early to detect competitive forces. We'll then discuss your quarter-making decision at that point. Either reframe or walk. Before we dive in, here is a quick word from our sponsor, the Elamisha Children's Project.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Peter Kielo. I am the founder and president of Elimisha Children's Project. In 2014, we started this initiative and the main objective was to really reach back to the community in the rural parts of Kenya. Our mission is to collaborate and empower them through education. Over the years, we've done this by raising funds and building schools in rural parts where there are none. Please stay tuned for more information about Elimisha Children's
0: Project. Okay, so let's take a look at what's happening. It first starts with an analysis of the situation from the opening. A company calls in off the street looking for solutions. They simply want to briefly see the solution and get pricing. They were probably also able to express needs that were oddly specific. These deals at first glance can look hypnotizingly good because you have a chance to win quickly. However, there are giant red flags here it's very likely that you're looking at the caboose of a train that left the station long ago and you just have to run to catch up. Let's look at the facts. First, the company filled out a form. That means that they had formed their needs enough to know how to search for a solution. If that's true, then the odds are that the prospect had already talked to somebody else first. We've already discussed how the majority of people want to feel like they do their research. But when push comes to shove, they really do want people to help them figure things out, especially on things that they don't already understand well. If that's the case, some other option likely has framed the needs around what they do very well. The tell here is that they can crisply articulate what they think they need. Sometimes, their needs take the form of features that they've seen in competitive demonstrations. They might not actually be real needs. They just might have liked what they saw. As an aside, another very valid competitive force at this moment is build it myself. Sometimes when IT departments want to build solutions, they are required to investigate alternatives as part of the budging process. Beware when IT comes calling. Their intentions might not be pure. But the biggest tell of all is simply this person not wanting to spend any time or energy with you and just needing a price. Many times, these off-the-street deals are people shopping for alternatives to something they have already found value in. It's really hard to get them to truly investigate other options unless there is a very, very compelling reason to do it. It gets even more complicated politically and emotionally in larger organizations. Imagine this. Someone has a need and finds a solution, which is not yours. They pick up that solution's flag and raise it up high to leadership. In the majority of companies, leadership will send them back to find comparatives, which is why they fill out the form. Sometimes, when you are prospecting, you even stumble directly into one of these as well. Learn to read these signs. And then think about how hard your job is at this point. Not only do you need to convince that person, but you need to make them set down the first flag, pick yours up, go all the way back to leadership, and admit to everyone else that they were wrong the first time. If they are that far along, that's a really hard thing for them to do. It needs to be so compelling that it truly changes the game. So how do you play it? By playing by your rules, or not at all. So how do you decide how to play this? It's a pretty complicated question, because the answer is, it depends. They could be very early in the process and not really tied to any other option yet. They might just have called you first, and you get to teach them. They also could be emotionally and or politically tied to another option. So how do you get them to talk to you? It's not at all like last month's episode, where in that one you were bringing the ideas to them and helping them think about it for the first time. In this one, they already think they know what they need. Smart, curious salespeople want to diagnose before they prescribe. They start by asking the questions, why did you call? And then immediately, so how do you do it today? That's normal. In these cases, that can lead to a very dangerous place where you spend a lot of time to finish second. If you never determine their real agenda, then you'll be surprised a lot by competition that shows up at the finish line, just like in the open. My guess is that without the techniques I'm about to show you, then this is something that you already experience. It really is all about either reframing it or not playing. Halfway options are costly. On my free Patreon site, www.patreon.com slash chackerson, I have posted a PowerPoint presentation with animations. This will really help you follow along. If you've worked with me before, either as one of my salespeople or at one of my clients, you will remember this as Vision Re-Engineering. Go get the graphic now. I would advise that you animate it. It will really help you follow along. So it usually starts with them making a request of you. They say things like, I need this, so please give me pricing and timelines. If they're really embedded with other options, and they likely won't let you in for more extensive discovery, at least not easily. Your first step is to understand what is in their head. So start wide open. So what brings you to us today? Then get more specific about what they envision. So how do you envision solving this? Or help me understand how you're thinking about this so far. Sometimes you need to be even more specific. So what types of technology will you use? Or what kind of delivery model are you envisioning? In my experience, deals are won or lost right here. If you are truly column fodder, or simply along for the ride to be a comparative to the option they want, then they need to get pricing from you. They will do what they can to keep you in this game. Mature purchasing organizations will always do diligence on at least three options. Here is where you get to learn how they are thinking about things before you ever talk about your product. They will look at your website before contacting you, but they really don't know enough to prove to their bosses that they did their diligence. So let's say you ask those first questions. What could you hear? Well, they could start talking about very specific needs. If that's the case, then they were probably educated by somebody else. Learn what words people will use after talking to your competitors. You can usually figure it out, even if they don't tell you. And keep in mind, like unless you're a huge brand like Salesforce, Oracle, or SAP, then at least 75% of the time, you're not the first option that they talk to. This is especially true if they have an RFP. Cold RFPs were shaped by somebody else tough to win. Either reframe those or is it worth your time? If it becomes quite obvious that they are talking to another competitor or trying to build it themselves, you can usually ask directly about them. It's a pretty interesting test. Now, there's not 100% black and white rules about this, but if they do tell you who it is, then they probably could be trying to lever your price, or it's early. If they do not tell you who it is, then they probably really do want that option. Again, no 100% black and white rules here, but it is a pretty interesting test. They could say, well, I don't really know how I'm going to solve this. Some savvy buyers say this regardless, so keep asking questions to see if they will reveal it. You could, however, be first. On cold inbound leads, first in wins. Try to set up your inbound team to get on these leads as fast as possible. If you get there before competitors, then you get to set the playing field before they do. Don't shoot for a day's SLA. Shoot for minutes. Trust me on this. Another option is they may not have looked at other solutions yet, but they might have a bias, either positive or negative. Maybe they were a past customer of a solution, or they heard about you from a trusted source. Ask a lot of questions to determine why they think the way they do. So sometimes you get to shape their vision because it's not that far along. Sometimes they are solid in their belief in another option. If you get to shape their vision, it feels a lot like the approach from Episode 5. Most times, though, you need to either reframe or walk. So how do you decide which one? It's about playing your game or not at all. Okay, once you conclude which option they have in mind, and it's not you, then it's time for you to reframe. The first rule to remember is be equal before you're different. Here's an example. So at my current company, a common one is, so what I'm hearing from you is that you're looking to truly improve accessibility. Is that true? Then, once you're equal, it's time to be different. Well, are you also looking to drive revenue? Is it also important to work with the leader in the industry? I call these bait questions and they're super important You need to have something dramatically different than whatever option they looked at to make sure that the person you're talking to has enough ammunition to save face if they waffle on their original choice. Many deals die here, and in fact, they should die here. If they are so embedded with another option that they can't consider anything outside of what that first one told them, do you really have a chance? Why spend all the time to lose? When you need the deal... You play everywhere. The problem with that approach is that you don't give yourself enough time to get more deals when you are spending so much time on bad deals. Let's say you do get them interested in your bait. It's rare, but let's say you do intrigue them. Now what? Now that you're on even footing, it's time to test their willingness to do real discovery. Just because they're looking for solutions, by the way, does not mean that they have real pain. Now you begin your normal discovery about the current state. But there is a problem with this kind of approach. Because unless you're very precise about your questions, savvy buyers or confused ones will answer either from the current state scenario or from the scenario of that vision that they had in their head when you showed up. Learn to preface each question with today. Then also get the great questions we mentioned last month. Root cause, impact, quantification. Again, always prefaced by today. This might just be the first time that they've understood exactly how big of a problem this is. Many low-end competitors do not explore like this. This is probably when you win them emotionally, if you even can. Then at a certain point, you will hear real pain. They may have said something at the beginning, but you turned that stick man into the Mona Lisa like we talked about in Episode 5. Now summarize the pain using one of those what-if-there-were-away questions from last month. And it's time for the most important test, power. Use good power techniques to test their willingness to set down the other flag and lift yours instead in front of everyone. It's a really hard thing for them to do, and some of them do. Most don't, but it's a great test. So, let's summarize. When they have an idea in mind that isn't you, first, understand their agenda. Then, be equal before you're different. Then expand the vision with bait questions. Divert it to true discovery, prefacing your questions with today. Get them to admit real pain and drive agreement to explore. And test them by testing their willingness to bring you to power. This road is littered with many pitfalls if you're not first in. Learn to test it like a pro because it's all about playing by your rules or not at all. So that's it for this month. Before we get to the finish, let's have another word from our featured nonprofit, the Elamisha Children's Project.
1: When we initially partnered with the school, the population was substantially low, approximately about 50 students. Today, that number has doubled and we're able to accommodate more students. And part of the reason why the population was so low was due to the lack of sufficient funds for families to be able to afford tuition, school uniform, books, and all other education necessities. Also, the school lacked proper infrastructure to be able to comfortably accommodate the students. For example, the classrooms were built out of iron sheets, which tend to get super hot when the temperature rises. Fortunately, through the help of our donors, we've been able to build four brick classrooms, an office, and we're currently in the process of building four additional classrooms. To learn more about how you can help our mission, please visit our website, elimishachildrensproject.org, and there you'll find additional information. Thank you, everyone, for listening and learning more about our mission to
0: spread education in Kenya. Again, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to message me directly. Also, I want to remind everyone of the free show page at www.patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com, slash C Hackerson, where you can also find all of the supplemental materials in past posts. This month, I've included the Vision Reengineering Prompter. I encourage you to look at it as a building slide as you review the episode. It will really help you understand that order is important. I would also take the time to review and compare notes with Episode 5. There are giant differences. Again, order is important. When you look at the show page, please consider joining the community at Patreon. 100% of the proceeds go to the Jeremiah Program, which helps single mothers break the cycle of poverty through housing, childcare, and education. They are truly making a difference in the world. If you appreciate the content, please consider joining the cause. For as little as $5 a month, it makes a huge difference, especially in the times of crisis that we face right now. Thanks once again for listening. Let's keep this community going, ignite the spark, and fuel the flames. Come back.